There were times in the past where I might have begun this episode by apologizing for my three dogs making noise in the background. I'm not going to do that today because whereas up until Thursday I had three dogs, I now only have two. Only two sets of paws click clacking on the hardwood floor, only two dogs barking out the window, playing with squeaky toys, drinking out of the water bowl. And I won't apologize for them because in all of those sounds and noises and within all the chaos was life. Those moments where there may have been slight annoyances, those were laced with love and they were the soundtrack to my days. Today, I'm going to tell you a story about a wonderful dog named Brutus. You see, when someone passes away, I'm the person who's a doer, a planner, an organizer. I'm the, the town crier, you know, the poet, the speaker, the writer, the eulogizer. I've written obituaries, put together poignant videos, composed pretty captions on social media, given the eulogies at various funerals, and dogs don't get that. And they're such an integral, vital part of many of our lives. They're our friends, our companions, and for some of us, for most of us, they're family. Now, I didn't write this ahead of time. I'm just speaking from the heart, so it might not be perfect. But I'm going to tell you about Brutus anyway. I'll start by saying my husband and I don't have children, at least not human ones. Right now we have a rescue pug named Olive, Olive Magnolia. We have a little blind mini pincher Pomeranian mix named Pip, who's also a rescue and who for a long time we thought was mixed with a chihuahua, (laughs) but according to DNA tests, he's not. We have a little blue and red betta fish named Freddie Mercury and a beautiful blue Pacific parrotlet named Pancake. In the past few years, we've had to say goodbye to two pet cats, Jack-Jack and Theo, and also we bid adieu to my beloved pug, Maggie Mae. We did not expect to have to say goodbye to Brutus so soon. He was nine and a half years old, so he wasn't a puppy, but we had thought and hoped that we had at least two or three more years with him, if not more. Now, it was maybe wishful thinking on our part, and I'll get to that eventually, but I want to tell you about how Brutus came into our lives. A little bit before mine and my husband, Mike's second wedding anniversary, we were on our way down to Hilton Head Island, South Carolina, where we often vacation with his family. We got lost on the way um, and we're in rural Virginia, barely getting cell phone service, didn't recognize our surroundings. And so my husband says, I'm going to pull over and ask these people you know, where we can get back on the highway. There was a guy, you know, outside in his yard. So we pull in these people's driveway and I'm kind of nervous because 
you know, this was before I listened to true crime podcasts, but still you're in a rural area and you're just going to pull into some stranger's driveway. Well, Mike says, get out of the car. He didn't want me sitting in the car by myself. So I went, I, I got out of the car. I'm like, what the heck is going on? We're lost. My phone's not getting service. I was a little nervous. And the next thing you know, we're entering these people's home and I was utterly confused. And it slowly began to dawn on me that these were not strangers. I could tell by the way they were interacting with Mike. And he said something to the effect of happy anniversary. And lo and behold, at the top of the steps, there's a litter of squeaking, barking, adorable, wiggly black puppies. (laughs) Now, my mind was blown at this point. I was again, so confused. Um, We had already had our pug Maggie and our cat Jack-Jack, and we had loosely talked about getting another dog, like a big dog and a dog that, you know, Mike would feel a little bit more was his and, you know, that we could run and play with and, and that kind of thing. And we had talked about it. We had discussed maybe getting a Rottweiler or a, a French Mastiff, like a dog de Bordeaux. Um, I didn't know anything about Doberman, uh, Doberman Pinchers. And um, I didn't even realize at first that I was looking at, at Dobermans. Um, I thought they were Rottweiler pups until I saw the parents. But at any rate, long story short, my husband's best friend at work, his coworker, that gentleman, Bill, his sister, and her husband, who lived in Virginia, had a male and a female Doberman named Bella and Gus. And Bella and Gus had puppies. And since these were people we trusted, we, well, Mike decided we were getting a puppy. And so he said, I want the largest male in the litter. And we were stopping down there on our way to Hilton Head to meet Brutus. He was too young to come home with us at that point. But yeah. I got to meet Brutus when he was very young. I forget how old he was, but I'll never, ever forget that moment and the sheer surprise and happiness. I think I was probably even more surprised in that moment than when Mike proposed to me, to be honest with you. Um, And, you know, reflecting back, that was probably the greatest surprise in my life. You know, Um, the quote comes to mind you were my favorite hello and my hardest goodbye. And I I really do think that about Brutus. Um, So anyway, weeks later, we went back down to pick up little Brutus from Virginia, another five-hour drive or six hours, however long it took, maybe longer than that. I can't recall. Um, I was seeing a doctor in Washington, D.C. And on the way home, we we got Brutus. We stopped to get him. And he cried the whole way home. Um, I had to hold him right on my chest for a lot of the ride. And he threw up in my hair almost immediately. And, um, you know, it was simultaneously just the cutest and saddest thing. He was so nervous uh, about the car ride, but instantly he assimilated into our household. He loved Jack and Maggie. He loved every person he met. And that trend continued for years. In fact, every person Brutus met also loved him. He was just one of those dogs that looked big and scary and tough and mean, but he did not have a mean bone in his body. And every person that met him just adored him. And um, most, you know, other dogs and, and animals that met him adored him too. And it just speaks to the fact that he was a special, special dog. Um, he was fun. 
He was loving. He was the epitome of a gentle giant. This dog fluctuated between about 97 and 111 pounds in adulthood. And he was tall. He came up, you know, uh, his back, the top of his back came up past my hips. Uh, He was tall. He was just a big guy. He was so huggable. I always felt kind of cool walking him, you know, I'm like this short statured woman walking this giant dog. And I kind of liked it. You know, I liked that feeling. Um, and he was Mike's buddy, you know, him and my husband were, were best friends. Mike was just Brutus's favorite person. And he, they adored each other, you know, and they were playmates and buddies and Uh, you know, Brutus loved to play fetch with his rubber balls, tennis balls, um, sticks. He liked, you know, chasing a stick. Uh, he loved going for rides in the car, you know, all the stereotypical dog things that you think of. He pretty much enjoyed and he really just brought a lot of joy to both of our lives. Um, he made us laugh all the time. I can't even tell you. He he made us laugh constantly, whether it was carrying a big stick of bamboo around that was like, you know, 20 feet long and he's prancing around with it like he's the proudest little dude there is, um, to doing laps. We called them dinner laps, sometimes around dinner time. He wouldn't get zoomies, but he would very politely prance in circles um, around. We have like open uh, – open floor plan, open concept. So we don't have walls in our kitchen, living room, dining room. And he would just prance around in circles through the kitchen, around the dining room table, around the living room furniture, around the kitchen island. And uh, it was just funny. He was this big dog and he would be prancing, doing his dinner laps. He put up with all the little dogs. Um, When we first adopted Pip, this little tiny four pound peanut, um, Pip thought he was big and tough. He, He thought he he was Brutus. He wanted to be just like Brutus. If Brutus went and lifted his leg out in the yard and peed on a certain spot on the fence, Pip would have to follow. If Brutus picked up a stick, Pip would pick up a stick. I mean, it was monkey see, monkey do. And Pip would climb on Brutus. There was like a a Dr. Seuss book, I think called hop on pop. And I would say that I'd be like, Pip's doing hop on pop. He would just climb on Brutus and Brutus would take it. Brutus put up with the pugs. You know, he, he liked the pugs, him and all of um, my current my current pug Olive, they were best buds. Olive immediately bonded with Brutus and that was her playmate and they would go on little dates together. I called them dates when they would snuggle up and watch TV together. Um, if he was laying down in the yard, she was laying next to him. Now she's protective over Pip because Pip's little and blind um, and those two snuggle together too. But Brutus was her dude, you know, that Brutus was her main man and they were very bonded and it was very sweet. So he was great with with all of the the animals that have graced our home. People always ask me if I let my bird pancake out of his cage around my dogs. The answer is no, but I always would say it with the caveat that if I did, Pip would want to kill him, Olive would want to play with him, and poor Brutus would have been terrified of him. <laughs> That's the thing about Brutus. He was this giant dog with a scary sounding bark and an intimidating appearance. Um, but he was scared of everything. He was scared of balloons. He was, you know, um, scared of, I remember him running away from bubbles before. Um, I feel like he would, you know, just, I think 
my bird pancake flying around would scare him. Um, but at the same time, he really was a protector. And, you know, I would have to yell at him probably at least once a day, if not more, about the barking. But I will say this. Even though I would tell him to quit barking, um, even if I yelled at him, I would follow it up with, I'm sorry, I love you so much, but you need to stop barking. Or Brutus, please stop barking. Um, So it was always very polite yelling. And I always added the fact that I love you, buddy, but you need to quit barking. Um, Even if I was mad or yelling, I still, you know, that would still be kind of the qualifier of like, stop it, but I love you. Um, And I always let him know how much I loved him. And I know now that the barking was just him being protective. And I, I always knew that on some level. I was his mama, his mommy, and he was very protective of me. Um, like I said, he was scared of a lot of things. He was kind of a big baby, gentle giant, but if push came to shove, no one was going to mess with myself or my husband or the other dogs. I'm always concerned about Pip getting killed or taken by a hawk, but Brutus would alert me whenever the the hawks were swarming low outside. When the hawks began circling, Brutus would bark and growl at them and and chase them and and let me know that that there were hawks outside and he would try to get those hawks away from the little dogs. He did that. He always had to escort me up and down the steps. Now he followed me around a lot, but particularly if I was going up or down those steps, he was escorting me. I always called him my bodyguard you know, and I really am going to miss that. Like I love my little dogs, obviously, but there's something about having a big dog that makes you feel safe. Um, you know, especially when, you know, I do live with joint problems and medical stuff. Um, there was just something comforting about him always being by my side. And there was something very sweet about him escorting me up and down the steps. Now, there were times that I was worried he was going to trip me, but, you know, it was very sweet. He always was checking in on me. He was always checking on me. And um, again, I know some of these behaviors are not exclusive to Brutus, right? But I just share these things to highlight how special he was and how loved he was. And we adored him, and I know he adored us in return. And we took care of him, but I think in some ways he took care of us in return. He was my protector. He was a protector of the little dogs. And, you know, not that Mike needs as much much protecting as me or the little dogs, but he would have protected him too, you know. Um, And so I do feel in a way like a part of my safety net has been taken away. Um. But more than anything, I just miss his him. You know, I miss his presence. I miss his physical presence. I miss his energy. You know, he brought good vibes into the home. Um, and this is something that's very hard to articulate, but I'll try. Um, Brutus, Brutus made us feel like a family. You know, like I said, we don't have kids. Um, and Brutus somehow was like the glue that held our little pack together. And with him gone, it feels like we are a couple that doesn't have kids, 
but I have two dogs and a parrot and a fish, you know, cause those are my pets. If we're being honest, um, Mike cares about them. He likes them, but Brutus was our dog. Brutus was his dog. Brutus was the dog that we got as a puppy and raised together. Um, and not having him here, it feels like a different type of loss than when I said goodbye to Maggie, for instance, it feels very significant. I feel like I lost a person. The level of grief I have felt with Brutus, it's up there. I mean, I literally feel like I lost a human being. And I I just can't articulate how much he made us a family, you know? Um, and thank God Mike and I still have each other and the other pets, but Brutus's presence really will be missed. And we very likely will get another dog someday, but no one's ever going to replace Brutus. You know, we will love him forever. We'll remember him forever. We'll talk about him forever. He was just that type of dog. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm really going to miss him. I'm going to miss him barging his head into all my Zoom meetings. <laughs> so I work from home full time. Um, and in, all my meetings are face-to-face over Zoom. And Brutus would always, without fail, pop his head into my Zoom meetings when I worked in the dining room, which I did often. And so all of my colleagues would always see Brutus's head, you know, uh, or his nose on the camera. And it was very sweet. And I would always apologize for it. But internally, I loved it. You know, I would always apologize for that. I'd apologize for if my dogs bark in the background of a meeting, but I loved every second of it. Um, I wish I could have it back. You know, I would take the messes and the barking and the flipping over the the dog bowl and stealing socks and underwear out of the laundry and all the other little naughty things um, or minor annoyances. I would, you know, I would welcome any of that back now. Um, and, um, yeah, everyone at work loved him. Um, he was just, he was a cool dog. So I'm going to miss all of that. Um, we're just really hurting. Um, the fact that it was unexpected made it extra difficult, I think. Um, I'm going to tell you what happened um, without going into too much detail, but just to provide context for why um, we are so bereaved and why I'm grieving so hard and and mourning so much. Um, I'll set the stage a little bit too. So last week was was great. Um, I spent a lot of time with the dogs as I frequently do. As I said, I work from home full time. So you have to remember that I'm with my dogs more than a lot of people are. I don't have children taking away attention from the dogs. I don't have to go into the office every day. I'm typically here with them. And while I do travel sometimes or, you know, we do fun social things on the weekends or some, you know, normal things, we spend a lot of time with our dogs and I really spend a lot of time with our dogs. And so for the last nine and a half-ish years, the majority of those days, I was spending like 24-7 with Brutus, you know, um, and my others too, but he, you know, we were together all that time. 
And um, yeah, so last week was no different in that sense. I, you know, spent time with them. Um, I had been sick over the weekend, not this past weekend, but the one before. And so I actually was off work on Monday. Um, so a lot of rest and re- relaxation with my dogs. Um, you know, we had Halloween on Tuesday and they all got their Halloween costumes. Um, Pip was a dragon. Olive was a butterfly. We have my mom's dog here, Lacey. She wore one of Brutus's old bandanas that said boo with ghosts on it. And Brutus was a bat. He wore little bat wings and he was very proud of his costume. Um, He did not help us hand out candy because we thought, you know, he might scare some of the neighbors, even though he's so sweet. He's intimidating, you know. Um, But yeah, that was, we had Halloween. And then the next day we, Brutus came with me to take the littles to get uh, their nails trimmed and go to the groomer. And he didn't have an appointment that day. So he just came with me for moral support just to hang out and accompany us and go for a car ride. And I'm so glad I included him. Um, I often take him with me if I'm taking, like if I'm taking one of the dogs somewhere, if it's possible, I like to take all three of them. Um, And so, yeah, we went to the groomer. Brutus came. He was a very good boy. We took our last ever selfies together in the car. And we went through the Starbucks drive-thru and he got a little puppy latte which is, they also call him a pup cup or a puppuccino. It's just whipped cream. Um, so he shared his puppy latte with Olive and Pip and was very happy. And I got it on video. Um, and again, I'm, I'm always with my dogs. So I video them all the time. I take pictures all the time and thank goodness I do. So glad I have those. Um, you know, the rest of that day was just normal. I remember when Mike got home from work, Brutus was like extra excited. He's always excited, but he got major zoomies. You know, when Mike got home, he was just so happy. And, you know, the evening was just normal. I don't really remember. We probably watched TV together downstairs. Brutus probably had 85 blankets down there. He would make a little nest out of his blankets and take, by the time he laid down, the show would be over. He would take like an hour to to make his nest and lay down and you know, um, so it was probably just a normal evening. And then I do distinctly remember that Thursday morning, uh, his last day with us, um, that morning when we woke up, it was the same level of excitement as when he, when Mike got home from work the night before and Brutus had zoomies, he was so excited to see me. And he, my dogs always get excited when I come home from somewhere or when I get up in the morning and greet them, they're always happy but it was like next level. Brutus was extra excited, extra happy to see me. And I remember that day even saying to him, wow, buddy, you're so happy to see me today. I'm excited to see you too. And I just, I remember, you know, that moment and giving him a kiss on his nose and going along my work day. And I remember it was a really productive work day. Brutus barged into a couple meetings. Um, I felt really fulfilled and productive at work. And I remember that like my plan for the evening was to show my husband some things I was working on at work. I was like excited to show him. Um, And, uh, you know, I got done with work early that day too. And my mom stopped over to visit um, just to hang out for a little bit. And we sat on the back porch and I'll never forget this conversation. Now Um, we talked out there for probably a half hour, just about a bunch of different things talked about wallpaper randomly for a long time. And then Brutus and Olive just kept climbing on her and like wanting her to play. And she played tug of war with Brutus and commented how strong he is. And 
he always is bringing his ball for people to throw. He loves to chase the ball in the yard and he was playing and then him and Oliver laying in the yard together. And I don't even know what sparked it, but I said something, you know, she said how cool Brutus is like, Oh, he's such a cool dog. He's, he's awesome. He's great. I, uh, you know, it was funny because when we first got a Doberman, she was scared of, of Dobermans and she was like nervous about meeting him. And, and she said that day, I'm, I'm so glad that he ended up being so cool. Cause I was so like nervous. And I said something along the lines of, yeah, it's going to be horrific when something happens to him. It's going to be just utterly terrible. And she said, yeah, you're, you're never going to find another dog like Brutus. Now keep in mind, nothing sparked that conversation. We were just commenting on how amazing and awesome he is and how it was going to just be devastating someday, someday to have to say goodbye to him and how he was sort of like an irreplaceable type dog. Well, that was probably close to three o'clock in the afternoon, maybe. And within hours, Brutus was gone. So my husband gets home from work and it's probably a little before 6 p.m., my husband went to work and then work out and whatever. So he gets home from working out and um, maybe a little before six. And he says, you know, we started getting dinner ready or putting dishes away or something. And I said, hey, babe, later, can I take some time and show you what I've been working on at work? Do a little show and tell. He said, yeah. He said, I'm going to go take a shower. So he goes in the shower and I consciously thought to myself, I'm just going to go sit outside and be present with the dogs and just enjoy. It was like milder weather. Like I'm just going to sit outside and get some fresh air and just be present. And I literally set my cell phone down on the kitchen island, which I never do. Went outside with my dogs. No, wasn't taking pictures, wasn't texting, no social media. My cell phone's in the house. Literally was just sitting there with them, enjoying their company. And this wave of contentment came over me. And I remember feeling so grateful in that moment. Like I distinctly remember this. Felt so grateful just looking out at my yard and thinking about this home and this little family that I've built with my husband and how we have the greatest dogs and they're all so sweet and cute and fun and loving and just watching them play together, throwing the ball to Brutus. Like it was just like perfect. And it was weird because it wasn't that warm. It wasn't warm enough that I normally would be sitting outside, but something just, I felt called to do that. And I felt called to do it without my phone, just being in the moment. And it was such, such a joyous thing, very simple, but happy. And then Mike comes out and him and Brutus start playing with the ball. Brutus loved playing fetch. Happiness, you know, exemplified, you know, happiness, uh, became exponential in that moment because Brutus got to do his favorite thing with his favorite person. He loved playing ball with Mike. They loved playing in the yard together. And my heart just warmed at the sight of those two playing together. Now, I came inside because I started to get chilly. And when I came in, I noticed Mike's phone was also sitting on the, the island. And I thought, wow, it's really cool we're both just sitting out there without our phones without technology just enjoying each other and our pets you know and we were talking we were having conversation while he's playing with Brutus you know normal stuff totally normal night the only thing that was notable was like we usually don't sit outside this time of year you know and it was starting to get dark as well so it was like just a little odd and 
that we didn't have our phones with us. Normally I'd be snapping pictures and, and things like that, but no, we were just enjoying being together. When I came out with my sweatshirt, I said something to Mike and I was going to make a comment about a noise we heard over at the neighbor's house, something just inconsequential. And I turned just to pet my two little dogs real quick um, who were sitting on like an outdoor patio bench, like a cushioned, you know, bench thing outdoors. So I pet them. When I, when I turned back around, cause I was going to go join Mike and Brutus in the yard. I immediately see Brutus go down just, he was running. He, they had been playing ball. He was running. I think he had his ball in his mouth and he just collapsed, hit the little table sitting out there, fell into the gravel of our fire pit. And I just remember saying, oh my God, Brutus and running towards him and just kneeling on the ground next to him. And Mike's kneeling on the other side of him. And I'm just immediately like borderline hysterical, but I'm trying to stay calm for Brutus. But I knew the second I saw him that he was pretty much instantly gone. Um, we kept, you know, Mike kept trying to listen for a heartbeat and find a pulse. I kept putting my hand in front of his nose to see if he was breathing at all. But I was laying face to face with him looking in his eyes and I knew, you know, no one was home. You know what I mean? His eyes weren't blinking. They were devoid of any life at that point. Um, and I remember just saying, oh my God, oh my God. And then just on repeat, I love you, Brutus. I love you. I love you, Brutus. I love you. I love you. You're such a good boy. You're such a good boy. I love you so much. We love you so much. And, um, some part of me was like clinging to hope and like hoping for a miracle. And I got up and I ran into the house and got like a bowl of water. And I just was like grabbed like treats, like dog treats. I grabbed chili out of the fridge, like irrationally hoping I could put food and water and treats in front of him. And like, maybe he'd smell it and wake up. Like I, I knew he was gone, but I went into this immediate like denial, trying to do something, trying to do anything phase. And, um, Mike kept telling me he's gone, he's gone. And um, it was a matter of seconds that, I mean, my husband thinks he was probably gone before he even hit the ground, you know, and this whole thing unfolded in maybe 10, 15 minutes. Um, but he, it was instant. It was, he, um, most of that 10 or 15 minutes was us trying to figure out what to do and just state of shock and like desperate desperately just hoping we weren't seeing and experiencing what we were seeing and experiencing. Um, unfortunately, my little dogs were out there when it happened. So Olive saw it. She's very anxious now. And I think she was fairly traumatized and Pip can't see he's blind, but he knew something was going on. He was barking, freaking out. So, you know, it was upsetting for them as well. And, um, there's a couple things that were that stand out about it though. Um, one is that, you know, the timing of it happening was crazy. Um, our vet that we usually go to closes at like five or six most nights, but for whatever reason on Thursdays, it's open till eight. And, um, this all happens sometime between like six 
28 and 645 ish, you know, give or take. So it's seven something I'm calling desperately hoping that the vet will answer. And luckily they did. We were able to take his, take him in that night and make arrangements and things like that. And I just think it was like wild that it happened to be, you know, on the night that they're open late and happened to have, you know, they happen to still be there. Um, but here's something I want to share because it's a weird story um, and kind of beautiful. So we have an outdoor bird feeder camera because I'm a bird watcher and I like to record, um, you know, d- the different birds that come to the feeder and it's motion sensor. So it detects motion, it records. If there's motion going on or there's people outside or the dogs are outside, it typically records every seven to 10 seconds. So just, you'll have just hundreds of, of videos some days, you know, um, and the day after Brutus passed, I was walking around the yard um, and just had this realization of, oh my goodness, the bird camera. And I was praying that it did not capture what happened. I didn't want to relive it. And I knew that if it was on there, there's no way I could not have watched it. You know what I mean? Um, So I opened the app and I know people will not believe this, but I swear to God, it captured the last interaction that either of us had with Brutus. It captured Mike finishing up playing ball with him, patting him on the head, those two looking at each other. And then Brutus takes his ball and starts running over towards where I'm standing. And I remember with how everything unfolded that that was literally probably 30 seconds or a minute before Brutus collapsed and died the camera did not pick that up. It cut off as Brutus was running towards the deck. Now that in and of itself is kind of odd, but this next part is even more poignant. So the camera doesn't record anything for like, I forget, I think 16 minutes or so. It doesn't record anything. We're out there, there's commotion. I'm running in and out of the house taking the dogs in, grabbing the food and water, you know, trying to make phone calls, freaking out. We're up and down off the ground, you know, laying next to him, standing up, you know, all that motion and commotion, it captured nothing. However, at like 647 or something, it recorded my husband and I just standing there perfectly still, hugging each other. And I remember we were just hugging each other, clinging to each other, just crying, motionless, and Brutus laying, you know, on the ground next to us. Now, there's no reason it should have recorded that because there was no motion. We were standing completely motionless. And if you watch the whole video from beginning to end, nothing, no, there was no movement that triggered it. And so I believe that that was the moment that Brutus left us that his soul or his spirit left because when we hugged each other he knew that we had each other to lean on and that we would be okay and I literally feel like his soul leaving is what triggered that to record and I also feel like that somehow Brutus is the reason that that camera did not record his death. Because trust me, 
witnessing sudden death is traumatic and it would be really hard not to torture yourself watching it over and over if you had that footage. And I know this sounds nuts, but I went to a psychic medium before when I lost my grandfather and they told me that one of the easiest ways and one of the first ways that a spirit from the other side will try to communicate with you is through electronics, whether that's an animal or a person. So maybe there's something to that. Maybe Brutus made sure that wasn't recording when he passed, made sure it was recording whenever we were hugging each other to remind us we had each other. And maybe what triggered that final recording was his soul leaving this earth. I don't know. I know that sounds Looney Tunes to some of you, but I believe that. And I'm so grateful that Mike and I were together throughout the whole thing. Um, And the fact that Brutus died instantly without suffering is something for which I'll be forever grateful. The fact that we were all together and that he was surrounded by love and joy and he was in the midst of playing, doing his favorite thing, that's beautiful. We didn't have to make any hard decisions. We didn't have to torture ourselves with that. We didn't have to torture ourselves, you know, wondering how he felt in those moments or seconds before he died because we know he was having fun. He was with his two humans that he adored and he was with his little doggy siblings that he adored and he was outside at his home doing his favorite thing with his favorite toy. And so even though it was so traumatic for us to witness and it was such a tragic thing that happened, I am grateful for that. And I am so grateful that it happened while my husband was here. And not for selfish reasons like you might think, but because I'm glad he got to be with him in his final moments. Because Brutus was his best friend. You know, Brutus was his buddy. Brutus is like a son to him, to both of us. And us all being together was one of the greatest gifts. And um, I'm incredibly sad, heartbroken. And it was tragic, but it's the best possible way he could have gone. My hope was just that we would have had more time with him, you know? So if it had to happen, those were the best circumstances, especially for Brutus. Um, I just wish it hadn't had to happen so soon. But I don't know why God called him home across the Rainbow Bridge. I don't know. We don't get to decide that. We don't ever know why certain things happen. So that's a tough pill to swallow, but it's something that almost everyone goes through at some point in their lives, losing someone you love or, you know, whether that's a person or a pet, um, it's really hard. And I have lost people I love before and other pets, and I've been through grief and I've had trauma in my life, all kinds of things, but this is next level. I mean, this is really, really hard. This is one of the hardest periods of grief and heartbreak that I've ever been through. And I know 
it's in direct proportion to how much I loved Brutus and how much he loved us and how special he was. So that's Brutus. I don't want him to be remembered for the way he passed away. I really don't. I want him to be remembered by the fact that he always looked like he was smiling. He always looked so happy in pictures and videos. I want to remember the way he would look up at me or Mike sometimes and we would call it cow eyes. His eyes would look like a cow's eyes. I can't even explain it other than it was really cute. I want to remember how it felt to kiss him on the bridge of his snoot or to boop his little nose. I want to remember walking down the hallway and seeing Mike laying on the floor hugging Brutus and them cuddling together. I want to remember Brutus running on the beach with us at Hilton Head or being afraid of a fish the first and only time he went on my parents' boat. I want to remember Brutus being this big, clumsy oaf, this gentle giant who would try to squeeze into the tiniest little cat bed or puppy bed and curl himself up into a little donut thinking he's the size of a little mini pincher or a pug. He wanted so desperately to be a lap dog. Poor guy. Um, He just, he wasn't a lap dog. Oh, but I loved when he would sit on me. I loved when he would try to climb on my lap. I loved when he would sit on my feet. I loved when he would back his butt up into me when I was standing in the kitchen. I loved when he would look up at me with his cow eyes and when he'd stick his big long nose in my face or in my Zoom meeting. I can't bring myself to clean the window in our living room where he would look out the front window and bark even though that barking grated on my nerves sometimes and him knocking the dog gates over worked my nerves at other times, I cannot bring myself to clean that window. We can't bring ourselves yet to fix the gravel where the indentation from his body still is. I know the grief's going to start all over again when we get his ashes back and the little lock of hair they give you, but One thing I know is I'm going to keep honoring Brutus. The dog loved blankets. I could never buy nice blankets or decorative blankets because he would steal all of them. (laughs) I remember buying these expensive, nice, fluffy blankets from Urban Outfitters and forget it. They're dog blankets now. You know, he loved his blankets. And so we're keeping some for our other dogs or if we ever get another one, but we're donating most of them to a Doberman rescue. And I'm also organizing a fundraiser in memory of Brutus for the same Doberman rescue. It's called Distinguished Dobermans. And it's local. It's here in Pittsburgh near where we live. And so if you want to honor Brutus in any way or honor a special dog in your life, either one that's living or in memory of one, I'm going to share the details of that fundraiser um, in this post. I'll post it in my link tree, um, Instagram, Facebook. LinkedIn, newsletter, all of it. You can do it in honor of Brutus, in memory of Brutus, in memory of your own pets that you've lost or people you've lost, whatever you want to do. Donate $5, $1, $50, I don't care. Um, But that's one way I'm going to honor Brutus is (laughs) donate those blankets, 
do the fundraiser. Uh, not going to lie. I'm considering a tattoo um, in memory of, of my dogs that I've lost, including him. And y'all are just going to have to bear with me because my love language is words of affirmation and giving gifts. And so for me, the way that translates during a time of bereavement is my gift is my words. It's my sharing of stories and photos and videos. And um, that's also how I'm affirming my love for him and his memory. Um, And so I've made like a five-minute video with a bunch of pictures, and it's set to two really poignant Taylor Swift songs. Um, I made another video set to a Bush song and a Lady Gaga song that's just photos mostly of just me and Brutus. Um, And I've been posting a lot of pictures of him and it might annoy some people. And here's the thing. I don't care because it's my way of coping and grieving and honoring him. And I oftentimes find myself using social media as a diary or a journal or a scrapbook of sorts so I can remember special moments and people and places and experiences and things, you know? Um, And so I'm in that phase right now of wanting to share. I know that this podcast is not about my dogs or even my personal life, but I have a platform with my social media following and my podcast listeners and my newsletter and all of that. So I decided I'm going to use that platform to honor someone that was really, really special to me. Like I said at the beginning, dogs don't get obituaries or funerals or eulogies, at least not typically. And so this is my way of telling you all about Brutus. We called him Booby. Um, and Brutus, aka Booby, was simply the best. My husband and I both loved him dearly. And I wish there was something we could have done. And I wish that I could have all the Brutus noises and chaos back but I can't have that back and there's nothing we could have done. And so we just have to put one foot in front of the other and be there for each other and be there for our other pets and, and get through this and cope and hold Brutus's memory close. And that's what we're going to do. I am so grateful that I got to be Brutus's mommy. I know some people that have human kids don't like when people say dog mom or fur baby mama or whatever. But again, I don't care because I was his mommy and nothing can change the love that my husband and I have for Brutus or vice versa. A heart condition stole him from us too soon, but those nine and a half ish years Oh, we were so blessed and so lucky that somehow the fates aligned and God put Brutus into our lives. We took good care of him and gave him a good life, but we are the lucky ones 
People always say to me, oh, your dogs are so lucky. You're such a good pet owner. You even spoil your fish. But you know what? They're not the lucky ones. I am. We are. My husband and I are lucky. We could not have asked for a better dog. And I know that Pip and Olive, Mike and I, we will miss Brutus probably every day. Um, I'm going to leave with a quote that uh, I saw that resonates for me when it comes to Brutus. Brutus, I loved you every day of your life, and I will love you for the rest of mine. Thank you all for listening. And if you have a fur baby, go hug them tight. Bye-bye. We'll see you next time.